Welcome to Inspirational Australians, where we share stories of Australians making a difference in their communities and in the lives of others. We at Inspirational Australians acknowledge the Wurundjeri and Bunurong people of the Kulin Nation as the traditional owners and custodians of the lands and waterways on which this podcast is produced. We pay our respect to elders past and present and those who are emerging and extend our respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. At Inspirational Australians, we are inspired by the world's oldest living culture and pay homage to their rich storytelling history when we share stories on our podcast. Today I'm joined by a fantastic guest who I met over a year ago now in Darwin for the 2022 Northern Territory Young Achiever Awards, where Paige Horrigan was announced as the winner of the Spirit Super Create Change Award, as it was known back then, uh, the awards now, the Spirit Super Connecting Communities Awards. So quite cool. Paige is actually the first and last Spirit Super Create Change Award winner for the Northern Territory. I had the pleasure of meeting Paige that night, um, having you know, a really great chat and could just see the energy that Paige was bringing. Um, and if I recall correctly, I asked Paige directly, but pretty sure Paige was then straight off that weekend to uh, to do some amazing things. We'll see if I can test the memory a year later. But a bit about Paige before I bring a before I bring Paige on. In 2019, Paige was the victim of an LGBTIQ plus motivated assault while at school. Yet no one was held accountable. This led Paige on a mission to establish a greater awareness and acceptance of LGBTIQ plus people and issues within the Palmerston community and surrounds. Paige helps plan innovative events, including the first Pride event in Palmerston history. They also have managed spaces dedicated to supporting the youth and LGBTQIA plus people. They worked with organisations like Rainbow Territory and helped fight against discriminatory legislation. Paige has taken stage two legal studies and has written external inquiry on the rights of LGBTQ plus people in the Australian legal system. They aim to create greater awareness and change surrounding gender and sexual diversity. So welcome to the Inspirational Australians podcast, Paige Horrigan. How are you going? Hi, Josh. I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolute pleasure. So some of that bio that I've just read out was uh, about a year old. Now, you know, stepping back from last year's Young Achieve Rewards, was there anything straight at the top there that stood out as being a bit out of date or, you know, needs a bit of a refreshing? Um, well, since then, the Rainbow Territory discrimination fight has made great progress. Um, as of December last year, we have successfully had changes made to the Northern Territory Anti-Discrimination Act. So now it doesn't allow people to discriminate against LGBTQ plus. Fantastic to see. Yeah, that's um, a pretty big update. Yeah, it was massive. And the changes that were made didn't just benefit LGBTQ plus people, but it also helped refugees, uh, victims of domestic violence, um, Indigenous people, um, women, and so many more. That's awesome. That's, yeah, quite wide-reaching. Absolutely, yeah. The um, Way too long, I think it was over the past 26 years, Rainbow Territory and other people of the community have been trying to advocate against that bill as it actively 
discriminated against um, many people within the community, despite it being an anti-discrimination act. Mm. It's funny. It's not funny at all, but it's interesting how often that happens. Something mm. was introduced for a certain reason and actually didn't hit the mark whatsoever. Absolutely. And specifically one of the ones that Rainbow, one of the sections of it that Rainbow Territory is trying to advocate against is Section 37A, which has been completely abolished. And that um, before, as it stood, it um, allowed religious organisations to discriminate against LGBTQ plus people. What's the feeling like when, you know, a big milestone like that, you've been able to achieve a really big change. Is it? Are you able to have a feeling of joy and celebration or is it purely relief or, or something, some other type of emotion? Um, given at the time, there was also quite a bit of hate towards LGBTQ plus people Australia-wide with the election and the change of government and for the change of government, the, um, uh, the Morrison government was trying to push through some last-minute bills like the anti- uh, religious discrimination mm. bill. I'm sorry, I might have gotten the title of that one wrong, but that bill was incredibly harmful to LGBTQ plus people and especially young people as well. And it tried to show these young people that they weren't welcomed or accepted in their own communities and they shouldn't feel like that. Um, yeah. And that kind of that that kind of legislation can be incredibly harmful. To young people, especially with the statistics of mental health issues and suicide rates in LGBTQ plus youth, especially trans youth, being I think it's forty two percent higher than in cisgendered um, heterosexual youth. Those kind of statistics are going up, and they shouldn't be. And the, that legislation in, enables those. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's interesting and. You know, massive um, congratulations to you, Paige, for being so active in that area. You, I mean, you're still such a young person. You know, is it frustrating that you have to be doing this work at your age? I feel that people need to step up and speak up. And it wasn't just me. Like, I can't take credit for that fight because that was 25 years worth of advocacy work done by hundreds of LGBTQ plus people in the NT that have paved the way for so many things before me. And I'll be forever grateful to those leaders within the community and elders. Um, I am just a small pebble in the ripples that are being created in the community. It doesn't necessarily anger me that this is, that we've had to do this. I'm I'm proud to be an LGBTQ plus person and I'm proud to be active, an active member in the community. I wish there was things we didn't have to fight for. I wish it was just basic human rights that we, we had the same as everyone else, but just because of who our, our gender identity or our sexual identity, it, it changes how we're seen in that way and means we have to, work harder to be respected or have the same rights as others. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. That is, yeah, I, I can kind of see what you're saying. Like even just, um, and you know, not being directly in that community myself, like for me being outside looking in, sometimes I can kind of get the feeling that it must get tiring kind of constantly having to stand up for 
things and ask people just to be polite in how they refer to you and um just so there's just so many things as you said that you have to stand up for and um other people like myself you know white cisgendered person straight person just takes for absolute advantage doesn't even have to think about it and like even just in our everyday lives less so on that larger scale um the huge impact small things can make so myself i'm non-binary so i use they them pronouns and and gender diverse so every day i'm having to either correct people or just be misgendered because unless they already know me they don't assume that because i am female presenting they don't just assume that i am non-binary and the big difference it makes such a huge difference as well people even if they're cisgendered, even if they're not part of the LGBT plus community, a huge thing that allies can do is starting a conversation or like even on their social media profiles or on their email signatures, just having your pronouns written starts the conversation in a way so that someone who is gender diverse doesn't always have to make the first move in every single moment of their lives. Yeah. So I know a lot of organisations are now putting the uh pronouns in their um their signatures and social medias have now made it an option to have that there and people changing that even in face-to-face interactions which is where it can be most daunting for a gender diverse person cisgender person just starting the conversation hey my name's Paige and my pronouns are this you know it um it makes a huge difference and also let's someone who is gender diverse in that social situation, your workplace, your friendship group, know that they are accepted, they are safe yeah. there, and they don't need to be the one to instigate that conversation because it mm. can be awkward for them. It can be daunting for them as well. Yep. Yeah. so true. And, like, I always stuffed up the intro, to be honest, like myself, because uh, I, I always do it. I go off script and I was like, I had my notes and I prepared um and as soon as i go off i'm like oh come on josh but anyway it was all fine and i think but you're right though it's just practice doing that as you suggested is just another way of practicing and not um you know i think some people get a bit like uh intimidated almost that they're going to get it wrong but i think as long as you Mm. just approach it with uh, a genuine nature um absolutely integrity you can everyone gets things wrong every single day every single hour Mm. we get stuff wrong so I've misgendered myself before, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Yeah, Um, totally. Like my friends pulled me up on it. They're like, Paige, what what are you doing? (laughs) Um, That's pretty funny, actually. Yeah, yeah, it is, but it happens. And and as long as people are polite and respectful about it and they don't just, like, if someone does correct them, you don't just go, oh, yeah, whatever. No, you actually say, oh, you stop yourself, you correct yourself, yeah, sorry, they or she or he, whatever their pronoun is, you correct yourself just kind of just brush past it don't make a huge deal about it just oh yeah thanks yeah they did this or whatever you're discussing you know just making a mental note making it aware in a conversation and then continuing on not making this huge deal about it because when someone does a lot of the times when someone does misgender someone and the person's there and then they go oh i'm so sorry i'm so sorry and they make a big deal about it it can make the gender diverse person feel a bit in the wrong as well if that makes yeah. sense like they're just like oh i've caused this awkwardness because of who i am uh, mm. uh you know and, it, and now um 
and then they're saying, no, hey, yeah, yeah exactly. Bad position. Exactly. So just not making the biggest deal of it and just going, oh, yep, and then continuing on, correcting yourself and then moving on. Um, yeah. Yeah, and as long as you're not misgendering someone maliciously as well, um, like that's that's incredibly harmful um, yeah. to people. So, yeah. yeah, like I'm a huge advocate for educating on gender diverse issues like that and especially to groups, peers, organisations that can utilise this knowledge to help people as well. So, yeah. And it is a constantly changing thing because it is so gender identity and sexuality is so fluid that it can be a bit difficult to keep up with things. And um, I, I understand that and trying to come at this kind of topic with an empathy and understanding rather than aggression. Because as you said, people can feel a bit confused or scared or concerned about getting it wrong. So um, approaching the topic with people in a safe and understanding and empathetic environment is key. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Spirit Super, the super fund for hard-working Australians. Let's be honest, most of us don't pay enough attention to our super. It's either too hard, too confusing, or we simply don't know what super is. But that's okay. Spirit Super makes learning about and looking after your super super easy. With a focus on strong returns, an award-winning service, and super experts offering practical and helpful advice, Spirit Super is here for you and your super. For more info, go to spiritsuper.com.au. Consider the PDS and TMD at spiritsuper.com.au slash PDS before making a decision. Ishura is Motor Trade Association of Australia Superannuation Fund PDY LTD. Advice is provided by Quadrant First PDY LTD. Past performance isn't a reliable indicator of future performance. Well, it seems talking about having conversations um, and, you know, how sometimes it's not always easy. I was saving this question for a bit later on. It's the uh, it's part of um, Spirit Super's sponsorship of the Inspirational Australians podcast. We're interviewing, you know, past and the current winners of their awards. And so they've, they've actually, I was really impressed, they've sent me specific questions for specific guests um, that I was planning to bring on. So the question that uh, Spirit Super submitted to you, Paige, very timely what we're talking about. As I said, I was saving it for later. What is the secret to having a courageous conversation? Oh, courageous conversation. At least the way I interpret that, I see that as being a safe environment is key in my opinion. And that's why over the years I've advocated for safe spaces um, for LGBTQ plus people and allies as well, because having that space where people can openly have a conversation about something they might not know or something they're too concerned to ask people, you know, because it's it's sometimes it's gotten to a point of you've been around this thing so long and not understanding it, but you're too afraid to ask about it because it's been so long. Um, and people should, and people be like, oh, you should just know. But yeah. we can't just have that assumption that everyone knows this. So when I am kind of doing these expert, like sort of educational talks with people, I try to do also explain to them different definitions of things. That while it may sound so simple, like just the difference between sex and gender, 
because the amount of times that gets confused is astronomical. I um, This year I've started university at Australian National University and one of the courses I did last semester was gender and sexual identity. There was a whole course about that. And, um, like, out of the 200 to 300 people that were there, when the teacher asked, the, sorry, the lecturer asked, how many of you have ever interacted with someone who is gender diverse? And the amount of people that didn't raise their hands is quite surprising to what you yeah. might think. Because you'd think it's 2023 um, that people would have interacted with someone, but a lot of these people were coming from sort of rural towns that might not have had these exposure to this sort of topic before. They also were unaware of the difference between gender and sex. Yeah. So it's ensuring that these definitions are clear and um, concise as well so that it's not an information overload for people and that they can get an understanding and then be able to replicate this knowledge into their everyday um, so that they can be more empathetic and create these safe spaces around in their social city. Yeah. So I think understanding empathy and purity is key for, to having a courageous conversation. Yeah, good one. That's great. Thanks for that, Paige. So you mentioned uh, A and U. So are you still based in the Territory? Are you in Canberra now or how, whereabouts are you? I've just gotten back from Canberra. I did um, come up during to Darwin in the semester break. Um, it was great to be back home. Definitely missing the Darwin uh, warm weather, that's for sure. But I'm loving it down here. Um, definitely uh, exposing myself to a lot of um, different culture and people as well just all these yeah. different people that i never would have met in darwin but it's great to get their experiences their knowledge and be able to get this um, expand my knowledge so i can bring that back to the nt and help create um more change and progress up there um which would be in the long run yeah for sure um so in the the bio it, it mentions that You've taken stage two legal studies. So that was in year I don't really 12. know what that that's year 12. And now you're in year first year uni. Yes. Um, right. So stage two legal studies is um, the highest level of law related subject you can take in high school or yeah. college, whatever. Um, every state calls it something else. Yeah, true. Um, and for the external inquiry, that was the very large essay sort of like a mini thesis that we had to All write right. at the end of the course and we got to choose what we wrote it on we wrote our own um, question for it and then we answered the question and did our own research and endeavors into it so I worked alongside uh, some of the people from Rainbow Territory um, they helped me with that in by um, helping me conduct some surveys and collating um, lots of data that we'd had um, in already recording about in regards to the Northern Territory Anti-Discrimination Act. And at the time of writing this uh, piece, I, um, the legislation hadn't been changed yet. So yeah. It was still all in that. So if I was good to go back and reread that currently, a lot of the information would be quite updated, which is great. And always glad to see change and progress being made there. Um, uh, so, yeah, that's what that one is. <laughs> mm. That'd be interesting, like time capsule piece, you know, say down the track, 
like in, in, in many years to think mm-hmm. that that was almost it was such a pivotal time where you'd written it and then let you know a year later it's a completely yeah. different situation and I wonder what you know hopefully there'll be so many other positive changes um in the years to come absolutely with those positive changes that are to come it is still unfortunately what seems a never-ending battle for it for all these changes because one of the big things that happened after same-sex marriage got legalised in Australia was it got legalised and people were like, cool, the fight's over. They've got their right to marry. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter anymore. But the fight doesn't stop there and there is so much more to it than just being able to marry. And the government tried to play it off in that way of like, oh, you, you can marry now. We don't need to worry about all these other pressing issues that are occurring in the community. And but that's it. Hands of it. We're done. Yep. Um, but now the voices are getting louder and they can't silence them. Well, sadly, I'm trying to cast my mind back. I can't remember what year that that vote was. Do you recall when? I believe. How old you would have been at the time? Oh, geez. How old was I? I, I would it... have been minus seven. I would have been 11 or 12, I think. At that time, did it mean anything to you? Like, or, or you know, had you, did, had you kind of... Um, At that time, I was sort of figuring out um, my identity a bit yeah. more. Seems like so long ago. I know. That's <laughs> um, a long time, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, so it wasn't the biggest thing on my mind. But I also wouldn't have been able to. I couldn't vote. I couldn't say yes or no. Mm. So. Yeah. And that was another thing I found that sort of these sort of big postal votes and these decisions being made about LGBTQ plus lives is young people aren't considered into the equation all that often. Yes, um, 18 to 25-year-olds are, but anyone below that is discounted and not not acknowledged in these changes. And that is a voice that needs to be heard but can't be because they legally can't vote. They um, – and – with politicians that are trying to make these changes and stuff that are either advocating for or against these changes, they don't hear those voices because they mainly care about the voices that can vote for them next election. And that is yeah. a terrible mindset to have. And I know there's that's that's not the that's not the rule and that's not how everyone is, but it's how a majority is. There are a few, especially I can I know a couple back home in the NT that actually really do care about the youth voice and are trying to make changes for young people. And I've, I've worked alongside quite a few of those um, people and they've, especially um, in regards to the city of Palmerston council, many of them helped towards the safe spaces in um, Palmerston that are now there. And with what, before I started this journey of advocacy work, there was no set LGBTQ plus safe space in Palmerston and now there's a headspace with a permanent area there called PRISM um, and that's a group that meets every week um, supporting LGBTQ plus young people yep. and there's also City of Palmerston Rec Centre and the library, those are both, and are constant supporters of things like Palmerston Pride and Pride Picnic and Pride Youth Day as well because Pride events regarding young people are often ignored or... Um, forgotten about with these big organisational committees and it's great to see that City of Palmerston's continuing their work to create this um, 
safe space in the community for our young people. Four years on after the first Palmerston Pride event, the Pride Picnic in 2019, oh, sorry, 2020, sorry, I know my years, sorry, three years <laughs> on, <laughs> um, the Pride Picnic in 2020, sorry, so stopping. I mean, we all said that again. the years just blended together at that point. So. They have around the COVID time. It was, yeah, it was crazy. Um, but no, with City of Palmerston continuing to support these Pride Youth events from 2020, where that was the first Pride event in Palmerston history held and organised by myself and a few other people that constantly supported me in organising that um, from uh, Amanda Stevenson from City of Palmerston, um, Ira Scenes from Headspace and a bunch of other incredible allies and LGBTQ plus people in the community um, that helped make that happen. And then going back to um, a couple weeks ago, I was back home in Darwin and Pride Youth Day happened as part of the Palmerston Youth Festival. And even after I'd moved away, I had no part in organising that other than when I got yeah. up there, I was asked to MC and speak at the event. Um, awesome. Uh, and it was amazing to see how much it has grown and how it has continued to evolve. And, yeah. No, that's fantastic. There's some good crossover there between what you're talking about with council, with engaging with young people and and what you were saying about, you know, below that 18 to 25 year limit, mm -hmm. uh, year old, with um, another chat I've had recently with in South Australia, the City of Marion has the Youth Collective Committee, who is a winner in our South Australian Awards, and their winning submission was really focused at, on what you're talking about, engaging with young people at that age. So it's good mm -hmm. to see there are some examples happening of that. Um, Absolutely, because... The youth voice is so crucial and important to listen to with them being literally being our future. And I couldn't be more proud to be a young person, even though uh, in the NT especially they don't have the best reputation, but that is something that needs to change. Instead of just grouping all the young people into this category of oh, troublemakers, they're young people, they're bad, they're all this stuff. Young people are amazing. The, the things that they do, the the ideas that they have and the passion that they have to make change and to drive forward things that will help other young people and help the community in as a whole is amazing. That needs to be heard, um, especially by people that can, that are higher up and can make those changes happen with the support and the knowledge that the young people bring. To For sure. It's why I'm so passionate about the Young Achiever Awards as well because it gets to highlight a lot of these things and, you know, a common saying people are, uh, young people are the future leaders or, um, you know, future's in good hands. But I actually like, completely rally against that because young people are leading right now and you're an amazing example of that, Paige. Thank you. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. Young people aren't just the future leaders. They are now. Young people, are like, because in the future, they're not going to be young people anymore, you know. They are... That's kind of how it works. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Aging. Wow. Who'd have thought it? <laughs> um, yeah, no, they are leading now and they're making changes now and the ideas and the voices that they're trying to have heard need to be heard. Going back one step, you mentioned uh, Ira Racinus. So a quick shout out to Ira, past finalists actually in the Young Achiever Awards back in 2016. I think I've just quickly checked it out while, while we were chatting. Um, mm -hmm. So that's cool. 
Uh, yeah. And it's so awesome to hear thing. that you're still... Um, yeah, he's incredible. And the work he does in the community, um, he uh, works quite a lot with the prison groups um, and in communities, in schools, in everywhere to advocate better mental health and for young people's mental health as well. He's he's amazing. So speaking of the awards, um, quickly travel back in time to the awards night last year in April at Mindle Beach uh, Casino. You potentially won Best Dressed page incredible <laughs> well, thank you. green velvet uh suit looked uh, outstanding um what was your memories around that event and uh i have this look inkling that i can't remember if you were jetting off somewhere straight after or i don't know if you remember that or not but um love to get your thoughts on that and, and how that uh event went. so earlier that day um we had the first anti-youth conference run by um no one left behind which is spearheaded and um, owned by the amazing um, 2022 uh, local hero of the NT, Rebecca Forrest, um, mm-hmm. who, and it happened again this year, she wants to have youth voices heard. She wants to show the NT and all the youth committee that she works with how crucial and important young people and their voices are and how amazing young people are. And she's started this event with the support of the youth committee, um, which I was on last year. And uh, we held that event that day. And that had, I think, over a thousand young people attend um, from schools across the NT. And it had speakers from Orange Sky, um, from Taboo, which is a youth-led um, uh, period poverty prevention group um and they, they're aiming to raise awareness and prevent period poverty um and orange sky is the the washing machine vans that go around to help homeless people and many many other amazing speakers like sizzle fuyana our northern territory 2022 young australian of the year um yeah and that that conference uh was an incredible day full of so many young voices being heard and passing on ideas and information and education to all these other young people and inspiring them to go out and make their own change. And then later that night, uh, all of us went to the, oh, not all of us, quite a few of us who were at the conference and on the committee all went to the Young Achiever Awards. So yeah, that's what it was. Quite was... a few of them was nominated. It was beforehand and uh, I remember you, I just remember that you were saying it was a massive, massive day or, or weekend. So that's yeah. why. That is why. <laughs> it was. Um, and it was so great. And on the night, because um, I, outside of my advocacy work, I work as a sound and lighting technician. And my boss was also nominated for an award. Jeremy oh, Lassimilante for this fish. business award. Yeah, fish. Yeah. And he won his award as well, which was great to see. Yeah. And it was just an incredible night with... Um, and it was really great to see all the other young people as well acknowledged for their hard work and everything they're doing in the community. Yeah, Fish, we love Fish because uh, he's a real, you know, go-getter, like such a driven dude. And he come up to us afterwards and he's like, hey, uh, I'd love to, you know, to work with you moving forward. And so and he did this year. <laughs> 
Yep. Uh, yep. Free Productions did the production for Young Achiever Awards this year, which was awesome. That's right. The, the opportunity popped up. It was last minute because we had a previous arrangement that just wasn't really working and we kind of had to make a call. And mm-hmm. so we called him up and he's like, yeah, I can do it. No worries. And uh, yeah, it was stunning. So anyone holding an event in MT, definitely go to E3 Productions first and foremost. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so that's that's awesome to hear. And so Paige, we've talked a lot about your work, your advocacy, and a lot of this stuff. Um, you know, I guess one thing we kind of did skip over a little bit is how it all started. You know, I did mention at the top uh, where you faced, you know, a pretty horrible um, incident. Are you comfortable to talk about that and I guess lay a bit of, you know, foundation as to why and and how you're, you're so driven? Yeah, so um, in 2019, um, myself and a few of my friends were victims of homophobic attacks at school. And despite it being reported and no one was held accountable, we knew who did it. We gave them names. There was lots of evidence of it too, but they were protected by another youth organisation that I have a lot of respect for. I won't name, but um, they said that it went against their cultural beliefs and that's why they did which I disagree with personally because just because your beliefs disagree with my lifestyle doesn't mean you have the right to physically assault me or anyone else. Yeah. And at the time, my friends, they, they weren't doing too well after it. I, um, I personally don't take a lot of time for myself or my mental health too often. I've made changes for that now and I do acknowledge my own mental health and look after myself a bit more but at the time I just wanted to help and I wanted for that to not happen to anyone else mm-hmm. ever again because it was an awful experience and while it was still as a society a very long way away from having zero uh hate crimes like that and other hate crimes in general um it progress is being made and I wanted to work towards that progress. It was an awful experience. I um, I started to work in the spaces, youth spaces where I could make change. And I um, first I found out about PRISM and I tried to get my friends involved in that so that could help them a bit and that worked. But at the time, PRISM was only in city of Darwin um, yeah. and Casuarina area, and that's a bit far from Palmerston where we were, and um, the transporting was just not for it. So I wanted something in Palmerston and a safe space that they could go to, and I, end of 2019, start of 2020, I applied for a spot on the Northern Territory Youth Roundtable, yeah. um, which if people don't know what that is, that is um, a youth at advisory board for the Northern Territory government that works closely for alongside um, the Department of Youth Affairs uh, in trying to bring attention to issues that young people are facing and that is affecting the youth community. So um, there's young people from Darwin, Palmerston, Nullumboy, Alice Springs, Catherine, everywhere in the NT and remote communities as well. Uh, people are on that community uh, on that board. It's it's a great thing. It's a year long position. There's like four quarterly meetings, and the last meeting leads up to a big presentation to um, 
stakeholders within the community and the chief minister and some other politicians of, I'll say, projects or um, ideas that these young people have and work towards. So for me, that was building an LGBTQ plus safe space in Palmerston. And um, as bef- in between the third meeting and the fourth meeting, the final one, I held the first Pride event in Palmerston history as a consultation event. It was initially just going to be a small thing in the rec centre, inviting people to come down, have a chat, fill out some surveys um, and be in a space that they they felt safe in to ha- have these open discussions that ended up blowing up and being a lot bigger than what we anticipated. And we ended up having 134 people through the door on the day. Um, awesome. So we had to expand it a lot more before because we had RSVPs and stuff. Um, we had we got drag territory on board. They came in. They did some performances. They yeah. uh, spoke and talked with uh, the young people as well, which was great to see. Interacted with them. We had the consultation station where we had some iPads for people to fill out a survey about what they wanted to see in the community. How that how what services could we provide that could support them more and out of a hundred, out of all the people that took the survey, a hundred percent of them said they wanted an LGBTQ plus safe um, That's pretty resounding. All of them said that they wanted that, and um, that was one of the things that stuck out most to me. It's like clearly there is a want and a need for this in the community, so let's make it happen. And two years later, the headspace in Palmerston got opened, which acts as that safe space as well as the Palmerston Rec Centre and the Palmerston Library, as I said before, being a sort of unofficial safe space, but it is safe for LGBTQ plus people and that continuing support of the community is wonderful. That's awesome. It's great to see, yeah, especially when you put lots of effort and and work into something and, and you get that feedback from the community. And might I add, how good are events for that? because you can get surveys, you can send them out digitally, of course, but getting someone physically there in front of you and being inspired by what's happening around them, you're going to get such better input uh, into a survey. So, um, yeah, well done. That's awesome. And so that was the first one, and now it's an annual event by the sounds of it. Yep. It was called the Pride Picnic, but it has been amended to the Pride Youth Day um, uh, to more focus on the young people in the community, but it is still an event open to people of all ages. Yep. That's yeah, that's very cool. So it sounds like you're coming back to the territory pretty regularly. Have you got any any plans for your next trips and and you know, do you always it seems like you are heading back and, and factoring in different uh, events you can be part of while you're there? So I definitely uh, the NT will always be home to me. Um and I'm very proud to be from the Northern Territory and I'm enjoying being able to get this new life experience and then take back and um, help make further changes and evolve and spread more awareness and education. And also while I'm down here, it's putting me in an opportunity to know about the Northern Territory and it has so much more to offer than just crocodiles and hot weather, you know, because that's the general consensus I get from a lot of people down here of what they just have this, assumption about the northern territory um but they're so incorrect well yes we've got that but there's so much more to the place 
also spreading awareness of things that we don't have though. So the lack of services and, well, not, not lack of services, the lack of support that the services receive yeah. um, because of how remote we are and how we don't have the staff or source resources to sustain the amount of people that need to access these services mm. um, and how one person can only do so much in one of those service roles. Yeah. And um, what needs to be changed, what other states and states with more um, people and resources and people who might be looking to move after they finish university and stuff like that, what they can do to help maybe move there or provide to the Northern Territory. For sure. Yeah, I always uh, love when I get to visit uh, up in Darwin. And I would, you know, I do want to visit some other spots as well uh, in the Territory, but it is just kind of logistically, it is usually Darwin. And people, I often ask if I say, oh, it's probably my favourite spot to, you know, to go and visit for work, for the awards and things like that. It's hard to quantify sometimes um, because there is just like this really amazing vibe and atmosphere and it's probably just due to the people, to be honest, because everyone's so friendly and I just find everyone so interesting that you get to to meet in the territory. Absolutely, yeah. The Territorians are something else. The people in the Northern Territory are so welcoming and friendly and they always open to having people understand and, like, really get an idea of what the Territory is and... It's always great to see um, when people from other states come up and see this, like, oh, wow, yeah, NT is so much more than I thought. Yeah, I agree. I feel like just everyone has to go visit. Absolutely. Absolutely, you have to do it. So, Paige, you know, I've been finding you very inspirational uh, today and still, you know, forgetting sometimes that you're – in first year university, like I completely forget that at the start, just the way that you carry yourself and you explain things very eloquently uh, and your passion is uh, is outstanding. Um, so I'm inspired by you, but I want to find out from you, Paige, what is it that inspires you? And you can interpret that uh, any way you like. Um, thank you. Uh, what I think inspires me most is seeing the effect a positive experience can have on a person and specifically a young person and and something that vividly sticks out to me is the first pride picnic that we ran a little girl of maybe about 11 or 12 um came up to me and this was after i had done a speech um on a panel and said thank you um for having this i i didn't know about it until we were walking past and I dragged my mum in here saying, we have to go. It's my people. Mm. Um, and there she gave me a big hug and just thanked me uh, for the event and really resonates with me, uh, resonated with me at the time and still does just to see the effect that being seen and being heard and your community being seen and being heard as on someone is astronomical and I can't um I can't recommend it enough to be able to have voices heard and visibility of a community yep for sure great message Paige and I can only imagine you know that feeling that you can carry with you to know that someone 
and you know the feeling they're going to have that just that event at that age as well so so pivotal so um you know you know that mean like core memory unlocked like literally <laughs> will be that for that person um i'm yeah. sure so yeah thank you for your time if people wanting to stay in touch with you and you know connect or follow your journey is there anywhere that you'd recommend that they could do that um you can find me on most social medias under Paige Horrigan. And yeah, from there I'll I tend to post things. Um, I know a lot of people use LinkedIn. I can't say I'm one of them, but I am on there if you want to find me. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Paige. Well, yeah, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate taking the time to come on Inspirational Australia's podcast. Yeah, looking forward to following your journey from a personal standpoint. And we'll see uh, see what's next, especially in a couple of years when you finish university. Thanks, Paige. Thank you so much, Josh. The Inspirational Australians podcast is brought to you by Awards Australia. We recognise, celebrate and share the stories of inspirational Australians through our awards programs across the country. To find out more, to nominate an inspirational Australian in your life, or to partner with our awards, visit awardsaustralia.com. If you enjoyed today's story, we'd love it if you could subscribe, rate and review to make sure you don't miss an episode and to help our guests reach more people with their inspirational stories.